The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I am your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show Hi, everyone. For those of people who have not listened to Laxie's episode, Happy New Year to you. Hello, sis. Um, So, we're going to hop right into this episode. I don't have a lot of announcements. I'm really just excited to get into this episode. This episode is called Rightful Place, and I know you're really, really anticipating it, sis, so let's get into it. A couple little announcements. Follow me on Instagram. I say this every week. Um, please follow me on Instagram because I love seeing you guys. I love talking to you, interacting with you. It's such a joy to do. So make sure you follow me on Instagram. Also, for those of you who are going into the new year, I have done two Help Me Find a Therapist webinars. Last year, I did one in July and then I did another one in December. So I am selling the recording of December's Help Me Find a Therapist webinar. So if you are interested in looking for a therapist in your area and don't know where to start, please, please, please go to the link in my bio or go to therapyasachristian.com where you can find the recording. It's on sale for $15. I'm probably going to make the price $25 within the next couple of weeks because It is so jam-packed with so much information. So please go to therapyasachristian.com and get it now for $15. Um, In that webinar, you will find resources such as how to find a therapist through your insurance, how to find a therapist in your area for really inexpensive if you don't have insurance and need a low-cost option, as well as how to find an African-American therapist, what to look for on their profiles, what things you need to look forward to during your first couple of sessions, and just all types of information on how to find a therapist made really, really simple so you don't have to go through the process of looking at Google. So if you're interested in that recording, please, please, please go to the link in my bio. It'll be $15 for a short period of time. So I really, really hope that you take advantage of that opportunity. Therapyasachristian.com. Last thing, join my email list. Um, I'm super excited about the things that I will be sharing to my email list in this upcoming year. So you want to make sure that you're on it. So let's get into it. The link for the email list will be in the description below as well. I hope I didn't say bio in this episode. But if I did, just everything is going to be in the description box. Okay, so I have a little story time before we get into this. And I know me, I know I'm long-winded, but I will not make this long. Long story short, super rough day at work. For those of you who don't know, I work in a school. And as a mental health counselor in a school, as you can imagine, working with my beautiful black and brown babies, it can be very, very hard sometimes to maintain sanity, if I'm just going to be quite frank. Um, And in any aspect of working in mental health, you are working with a lot of people who come with a lot of different things. And I have come to realize um, that my own 
ability to take care of myself is very important. I am super, super aware of what I feel that stresses me out. I'm very, very super aware of what triggers me. And I'm also very aware of when I'm overwhelmed. Like, it's very easy for me to know and not stay overwhelmed because of the steps I've done in therapy and the things and the tools I've learned to use. However, today and... Well, I'll just say today because it was it was today that this occurred. I was driving home and, you know, after a long day of work, you're in traffic. And I don't know if y'all can probably understand this feeling where you've had a really long day of at work and you're in the car and literally everything about traffic frustrates you. You know, it's going to be the same thing every single day. But this day in particular, it was just too much for me to the point to where I started to get really hot I felt so overwhelmed like it reminded me I've never had really a lot of panic attacks I'm, I'm not even going to sit here and say that I have so to say that I know what that feels like I, I want to say I can remember for sure I had one and that was like right before when I was engaged and I was planning my wedding and I had so much stress going on, I do remember there was a time period where I was like so overwhelmed. Like this day in particular, I was talking to my mom and something just triggered something in my head when we were talking. At that time, I hadn't started therapy, I think at least. I was really struggling with a lot of anxiety and I just started bawling and crying and just could not stop. And I didn't really know what was the trigger point or whatever, or what was it or whatnot. But I literally started to, when I was in the car, I knew I was overwhelmed because it was just a long day, but I was like racing to get home. And my first initial thought was when I get home, I'm getting in the bed. Like I'm not even going to try to work on a podcast episode. Thursdays are my day that I record. I'm just going to go home and get in the bed. And I literally started to get hot to the point where being in the car felt claustrophobic to the point where I was like feeling like I got to roll this window down and breathe because I feel overwhelmed. Y'all, let me tell you something. I don't know what happened, but your girl got gangster. okay? I was like, Rosalind, stop. You are not about to sit up here and like even think about going back into an anxiety space. No, ma'am. And I literally started speaking in tongues and and just started praising God and worshiping him. And I just went in and I just said, God, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah to your name, God. Hallelujah to you. Now, I'll be honest and say to you, I have not had my devotional time with God since Tuesday. So it's been a couple of days since I've even really been in front of my Bible and prayed. So for me, it was like, switching my spiritual brain back on to remind myself like you got weapons in the spirit and so I literally before this happened though let me backtrack so before this happened I was I was so I was in the car and it was traffic and there was an accident on the route that I used to get home and I was like my goodness now it's gonna take me another 20 minutes to get home so I gotta go another way and I literally heard Holy Spirit say to me I am the same yesterday today and forever and my thoughts before this happened was I was thinking about 
work and the overwhelm that my kids that are teenagers are facing with just so much stuff. The drama that they like, I don't want to say the drama, but no, I'm like, let's just be honest. The drama that sometimes they put themselves in, the decisions they make. And I know that as a teenager, I had the same drama, so I can't be naive to it. But it's just a different type of level to where sometimes it's like literally so hard to help them see what they're doing. And so I think I took on that frustration and was like, there's no way I can be of assistance in this place or there's no way I can be of assistance in this area. And so when God said to me and I heard I'm the same yesterday, today and forever, it reminded me that I used to be in that space at one point in time when I was a kid and God redeemed me. So the same God that redeemed me back then can still redeem my kids through his power inside of me to help them. So I can't be defeated driving home feeling overwhelmed about it, feeling as if I've been defeated. Not to say that there's sometimes a we like feel that way, but I went into my body started to be impacted. My my actions were going to be impacted because I was going to come home and go to sleep and like literally like get in the bed to the point to where I feel like I was like about to have a panic attack. Not to say that I think that there was, but I started to get really hot. I feel like being in my car was like closing in it was just like being around all those cars and traffic was overwhelming me and I was like hold on sis pause no ma'am no ma'am and so I started like I said to speak in tongues and like worship God and literally just kept saying it all the way home till about two I will say probably about five to Three to five minutes in my route, almost home, I heard in my head, put God back in his rightful place. And I said to myself, you know what, God? I have allowed so much to happen today. So many people come to me with complaints, which is not a bad thing, but I have not guarded my heart to remember that all the things that we think are circumstances that are above God takes God out of his rightful place. And not only that, it discourages me and it makes me think that I'm not able to do it. That I literally started going off on myself and saying like, you will not, you will not take God out of his rightful place. You Rosalind, you will not. God, you too good. You're too powerful. You're too mighty. You're too great for me to take you out of your rightful place and put myself down to then have actions of getting in the bed when I get home. And I know I have a responsibility to your people. I have a responsibility to my family, who is my husband, to make sure that I'm because I, I was like, man, I ain't even trying to go home to talk to my husband. I was like, baby, I'm about to get in this bed and relax and may go to sleep early to where I have a responsibility as a wife to be on when he's home and be available to him. That when I come home defeated, I'm that's taking you out of your place in my life and putting my circumstance above you. So, baby, when I say I got gangsta in the spirit, I said, God, you will be glorified. You will be put back into your place. And enemy, I can't sit up here and make myself think that you have any authority over my mind, that you have any authority over my body where my body feels like it's overwhelmed. I bind you in the name of Jesus and I rebuke you. 
And I, and I said, God, you will go back into your rightful place. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are the Redeemer of my soul. And I literally said to myself before I went in the house, I said, I will not get in my bed. I will go upstairs and I will turn on some worship music or whatever I'm going to do. And I will sit at the desk and I will record this podcast. And that's what I'm doing. And so what, what I wanted to say to you was put God back in his rightful place in your life. He deserves to be in the rightful place above your circumstances. Do you not know who we serve? And so I have some points, aka some questions for you that will address. I have about four points. And then at the end of this podcast, we're going to do a rededication prayer because I literally don't want you all going into 2020, not putting God back in his rightful place in your heart and in your life. And even if you did a rededication prayer last week, sis, we're going to do another one today because we will not go into 2020 overwhelmed. We will not go into 2020 with circumstances that are above God when he is the one that's above the circumstance. But in our lives, we choose to put those things above him because we are not reminding him who he is. We're making those things idols. We're choosing to let them. And it, and in all actuality, sometimes we're just not that strong enough to say, like, God, you are the one. And to believe that when we say it. So I'm here to remind you, I'm here to put some power back into you, sis, today. We're going to put some dedication into our, into our mouth, out of our mouths, and we're going to put dedication into our works to put God back in his rightful place. So the first question I have for you is, what have you made an idol in your life? Some of us need to know and move some things out of the place where God is supposed to be. What have you made an idol? Have you made your job an idol? That was my thing today. All these circumstances was going on in my job have, have made an idol in my mind to where I'm so overwhelmed that I'm not walking in the joy of the Lord of like, this job is a blessing and I'm powerful enough to walk in it and do what I need to do. I was boggled down today. And so part of this is in order to really even put God back in his place, you need to identify what have you made an idol in your life? What have you put above the father? What have you then placed your focus on so much above the Lord? So I have a list of a couple things for you. Literally, have you made fear an idol? Your finances an idol? Have you made your boss an idol? Have you made your own selfish desires an idol? Have you made your family an idol? Have you made wanting to be married an idol? Have you made uh, social media an idol? Have you made certain things be an idol to where you're consumed and you can't feel like you have any room to breathe? I literally felt like I was like, am I having a hard time breathing today? Like, I was like, this is, I I always drive home every day and I'm in traffic a lot. Why am I feeling like I can't breathe? That's what it literally felt like. And I thought to myself, 
This is not freedom. This is bondage. And I'm making the circumstances of a job above you, Lord. My peace is worth me being able to remind you of who you who you are. A boss isn't an idol. Fear is not an idol. Finances will not be an idol. Job, your job will not be an idol. Your own selfish desires will not be an idol. Social media will not be an idol. Wanting to be married will not be an idol. Family will not be an idol. We will work to put God in his place. But in order for us to do that, we need to identify what the idol is. Now, I'm not saying don't dream, don't have aspirations, don't work for those things, don't work hard and put your focus on those things. I'm definitely not saying that. But when that thing becomes consuming to the point to where you're frustrated and you begin to fix your focus more on that than God, you're taking him out of his place. And that's not, he doesn't deserve that. God deserves worship and glory. And he has to be the center of your focus. Period. My second question is, do we profess and proclaim more than what we know? So some of us profess that we know God, but do we really honor him to put him in his rightful place. And I have a couple of very simple examples of that. Do we make time for him? Do we have a dedicated devotional time with the father almost on a daily basis? If we're not spending time with him, then we don't know him. Because here's the thing, our flesh will easily easily make us think that God's not there. It's so easy for me to think like, "Man, God, I'm having to go to this place on a daily basis and do this stuff. Like, is this what you have for me? Like, would you really make me go to a place and be like stressed out like this? Man, God, you must not want this of me. Maybe I need to look for a different job. Instead of understanding like, no, you told me to be steadfast, unmovable. You told me that I had to stay here and and do this with excellence for you. Because I don't work for man, I work for God. And I have peace when I think that way. But I profess out of my mouth, oh yeah, I know God. But then when something happens, I'm like, oh, I forget. When we spend dedicated time with the Father, we're constantly reminding our spirit man who has to be in the forefront who God is. We're feeding him. We're giving him what he needs in order for us to have a more clear picture of who God is in our life. When you spend time with somebody, your your entire thought process is about them. When you get into a new relationship, you spend so much time talking to someone. You spend so much time being around them to where it's easy in conversation for you to talk about them because they're so much so at the center of your day. They're, they're at the center of what you do. And so when we don't do that, when we don't feed our spirit, man, we're starving him. Imagine not eating for four days and how drained you would feel, how tired you would feel, how you would feel like, I don't have the energy. That's how your spirit man feels when you don't spend time with God. He's hungry. He's tired. That's how I felt today. I hadn't really been in front of my Bible in two days and I felt real tired. I felt real drained. I felt like, oh, I ain't got it today. 
Hallelujah to Holy Spirit for 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 reminding me, and I've created the muscle memory from doing it from dedicated time with God to be able to remember His Word to say like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, get back in it, sis. Do we study about who God is? Do we see it as a value? Do we make it intentional? Or do we decide to stay in the same place when we're frustrated? Is it just so easy for us to give up? Do we know and have the awareness of how much he loves us? Are we willing to make the steps to change? And I say this all the time, even when it comes to therapy, are you willing to make the steps to change to help to like heal, heal? And or get in front of God and let God heal you. Because there's even a, a thing with that where you can get in front of the Lord and God heal you emotionally. So here's my thing. You got to remind yourself. You got you to gotta say out of your mouth what you know. And so I really like you got to remind yourself. And this is and this is what I mean. When you spend time with God, you know who he is. I'm going to leave a document in the show notes of the names of God, because I think there's a ability to easily forget who our father is because we don't spend time with him. Jesus always, almost always pulled away to go pray. Almost always. And it would say sometimes he would pray all night. To spend time with the father. If, if the fleshly body of God had to know that in order for him to do what he did, he had to get in front of the one who made him and spend time with him. What makes you think that you are not supposed to do that? What makes you think that that's not a, a, pre, a prerequisite in serving God? We have to, we have to be in front of him. And I say serving. Now, this has nothing to do with your salvation. When you come to salvation, you accept Jesus that you need to believe. And that's it. But continuing your walk with God on this earth, you are sealed in heaven. But, But bringing heaven even into earth, you need to have a dedicated devotional time with the Father. I'm not speaking this in performance because you don't need to perform to get your salvation from God. You just need to confess, believe, and know that he is your savior. But to walk this thing out, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be before him. It's not about performance, y'all. Like, hear me clear. I am not saying perform. You've been, when you accept Jesus, you've been saved. Don't perform for God's love. He's not asking you to perform, but he wants you to know him so that you can have authority i look at it like this we come into god's kingdom we when on this earth we come with a set of weapons we have weapons in the earth but we have it's almost like going into an arsenal or a closet full of weapons and you literally see the weapons and you're like oh okay i have those things but then you walk away from it and when something happens you're like i don't just like no sis go pick up your weapons go pick up your weapons of prayer go pick up your weapons of the word go pick up your weapons of fasting go pick up your weapons of authority go pick up your weapons of accountability with the people of God like we have weapons weapons in the kingdom but if we don't even know where they are 
because we don't even know who gave them to us. We don't know his nature enough to be able to say, this is what you've given me. This is what you've promised me. How can we expect a fight? Like y'all are getting into circumstances where circumstances are overwhelming you and overtaking you and things have happened. But then like blaming God as if it's his fault when he's like, I've given you the power. It's not my fault. Sin is present in the world. I've given you the power to overcome. I've claimed the victory already over sin, but you're acting like I don't haven't given you the weaponry to remind the enemy of who, what I have done. Don't blame me. Take your weapons and fight. And so I think we have to be, we need to remind God, like, no, you are Elohim. You are the eternal God. You are the Lord everlasting. You are the all-sufficient one. You are the Lord uh, the Lord God. You are the Lord my light. You are the God that hideth. You are the Lord our God. You are the most high. You are the God of truth. You are the Lord that is my deliverer. You are the mighty God. You are the sovereign God. You are my maker. You are the most high. You are my helper. You are my provider. You are my sanctifier. You're my refuge. You're my king. You're my healer. You're my shepherd. You are the Lord of hosts. You are the forgiving God. You are the holy God. You are the Lord defense. You are the Lord who is present. You are the Lord of peace. You are the Lord of righteousness. You are God with us. You are the self-existing mighty one. You are the gracious God, the jealous God, the sovereign God, the merciful God, the one who sees. You are the one that is my strength. You are the God in heaven. You're the faithful God. You're the restorer God. You are the shield. You are the sword. You are the God of Israel. You are my rock. You are my tower. You are my shepherd. You are the God of salvation. You are the Lord, my redeemer. You are the God of recompense. I hope I read that right. The living God. The Lord is our judge. He is the fountain of living waters. He is the God that revealed. He is the Lord, the creator. He is Yahweh. He is the Alpha and Omega. And I'm reading the list of the names of God, but I don't know all the names, how to pronounce them, so I just read what they meant. And so put yourself in remembrance of who he is. Remind yourself, if you are these things, God, I need to tell you back to who you are. And so that goes into my next point and my next question to you. What do you see versus what you know? Back to the same question, what you see versus what you know. We said when you, we, we profess and proclaim that we know God, but do we really know him? And let's go back to now. What do you see versus what you know? Not just what you say. Now we're hitting at what you see, what you see in front of you. Do you know that he is, that he gives grace to you? Do you know that he is the rightful king? Some like, Get out of your mind that your sin or the things you've gone through, the things that you have experienced takes you out of the place of God and or that people God has taken out of your life or people God has allowed to pass away that 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 situation still doesn't show you that God still loves you. He still loves you. 
regardless of what happened, regardless of what choices were made in a situation, regardless of what has occurred. There are some things in my mind I know for me that I have only confessed to the father that only he and I know that I've done in the past, that if I revealed, I would be like, oh my God, shameful to the world, judged solely by the world. And we don't come to God because we feel like we're in trouble. We treat him as if like he's just here to discipline us. And it's like, he wants to love you way more than discipline you. He looks at you as if he's looking at his son. I wish I had had that scripture up because it talks about. I, I can't. I can't even give context because I want to be able to say what I need to say. But look, remember when Jesus died, he took your sin with it, and so now God sees you as He sees His son. You are His child. For those of, for those of my listeners who have children, how you look at your how you look at your children unconditional love even if sometimes you literally don't know what to do with them and you get they get on your nerves but you let you have a love for them that if they mess up or they do something wrong it's like i want to help you i want to help you more than i want to punish you because i know you really don't know you don't see what i see and so understand like don't see the circumstance and think that god is not present look at the circumstance and see him as faithful But also remind him, remind him, tell God what he said. So I'm going to go back into, um, I'm going to give you the scripture, Isaiah 43, 25 and 26. It says, put in remembrance my word. It says, basically this is what it says. This is what the first scripture says. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake. And we'll never think of them again. Let us review the situation together. And you can present your case to prove your innocence. My goodness, do you not like listen to what God is saying in this? This is quote the Lord. I will blot out. I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake. And will never think of them again. So on me, for my own sake, I will blot them out and I will never think of them again. Let us review the situation together so you can present your case and prove your innocence. And literally what it is, is saying, God, I've messed up. I have fallen short of your word. I have not done what I am supposed to do. I have looked at myself as unworthy in your eyes. I have not come to you because I don't look at you as my father some days. I look at you as my disciplinarian and I feel like you don't care about me sometimes. And I'm feeling that way because of the things that have occurred. But God, forgive me for not knowing that you are the true loving God, the God of my salvation, the God of my redemption. And because of that, please let us review what I have said to you together And you see me as a humble spirit before you to forgive me. That alone opens the door for God to give you love and redemption and salvation and all of these things. I don't even say salvation because we'll talk about that in a second. But forgiveness, period, period. That's it. That's all you need to do. Tell them 
what you did. Tell them how you feel. I talk about this all the time. I come to God and I'm like, look, bruh, this is what I got going on. This is how I feel. Because I need you to know, like, that's my relationship with the Father. I can come to him and say, Lord, I fear you so much. And I want you to know that my heart hurts when I hurt you. If my heart is aching for you, God, my heart is longing for you. And if there's something in me that feels empty, I need you to fill it because only you can. That's how you got to approach the Lord. And it ain't even got to be even all that put together. It can be whatever way you want it to be. Like God said to me a long time ago, he's like, I want who you are, not who you think I want you to be. He said it to me like a couple weeks ago. I want who you are, not who you think I want you to be. I made you with the swag and the quirks and the loudness and the extraness. Why would you think I wouldn't even want that part of you? You don't got to come to me like, oh my God, hallelujah, God. Even though I can't be like that sometimes, but be 100% you. If you feel gangster and you know you say bruh and main and you say G, like I have a friend who calls God G. She'd be like, what's up, G? Like I tell God all the time, you the OG in my life, God, because I understand that you are above, but I got to come to you like who I am, Lord. And if ultimately you change that part of me, cool. But you ain't changed yet, so I'm going to keep coming to you just like this. And so, again, when I say God's word is very important, when he sets out to say something, he does, he's not a man where she would lie. So the things that he says are, is always truth. So I'm going to go down to one more scripture, Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing this furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the ear. So will my word, which goes out forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So when God said to you, sis, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you mess up or you make a mistake, he ain't condemning you. He will always provide a way out. The Bible says there is no temptation. Let me find the scripture before I even. Before I even give y'all. Something here it is. This was I got this the other day and it was so good to me. No temptation has overtaken you except which is common to mankind. Hold on, let me read a different translation. The temptations in this is First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen. Note the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful; He will not allow temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out that you can endure. Now, this is not saying that when we're tempted, we should just act like, oh, well, I can just do it and be, and you know, I cannot do it again. No, what God is saying is when you come to me, I will always give you a way out of something. When you feel like you've messed up, 
I will always tell you, repent and turn. Repent, repent means to literally turn and not do it again, which means he will always give you a choice to do the right thing. So when it says there's no condemnation, condemnation keeps us in our minds and keeps us held down. I could have easily been like, well, God, this was a bad day. So I'm just going to go home and get in the bed and just be anxious. And because I, I even said to myself in my mind, I don't want to talk to my husband for the rest of the day. Like I literally just want to get in his bed and get on YouTube and just sit on my phone and go to sleep early. That was the, the the condemning part of feeling like, well, this was a bad day. I might as well just go home. Like, no, get up. Like the other part was speak back to me. Pray, pray to me, Rosalind. That's the way out. And you will feel empowered enough to do what you need to do. So note the temptation of wanting to be able to get in the bed and not ch- and choose that as the thing that I need to do, knowing the next day I probably would have felt bad about it. But God's like, no, this is the other way I'm going to provide out for you so that you can endure the feeling of, yes, you had a hard day, but how are we going to choose something different than getting in the bed? That's not the choice I want. Now, I don't know what the situation could be for you where you could choose something else. But remind when I say remind God, tell him what he said. You said your word back to you said your word doesn't go back void, God. So here's the thing. This is what I feel. But I know that you are greater than all things. You are above what I feel. You are above the circumstance. And I'm putting you back in your rightful place to not make this an idol. I'm reminding him of what he said. I'm putting back his word out to him because I know if I put it out to him in one return void, but it will water the seed in my mind. So when I feel this way again, I know exactly what to do. So tell yourself that you are his and he is yours. Stop. Take, put God back in his rightful place. He's meant to be worshiped. He ain't meant to sit there and just like, just be a nice t-shirt and a person you think you know, but you really don't. And that we don't utilize him in what he has said. He doesn't just say stuff for us just to like repeat it. He says for us to do it. And there is grace to do the things that we know we can do. Take fear out of its place. Take your finances out of that place. Put him back in his rightful place and tell your fear tell your finances tell your job tell your own desires tell all these things i said who your god is he's above those things but there are certain things you have to do in the interim of that so that is all i have for you today sis i am going to um before we go we're going to do a rededication prayer so i'm going to take a quick break and come back with that and if you want to find the actual a PDF or dedication prayer, look in the uh, description below and I will have that. You can say it with me if you want to, but it is kind of um, lengthy. So if you want to print it out and say it to yourself or read it off of your phone, I'm going to have it in the description so that you can do so. Um, And we're dedicating our lives back to God in 2020 because he deserves it. So I love you and I will talk to you soon. Dear Father, I humble myself before you and confess my sin and ask for forgiveness through Jesus. 
I want to thank you for hearing my prayer and helping me to return to you. I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died on the cross of my sin and he was raised from the dead and is now seated at your right hand. I have tried to do things my way, which never works out. I want you back in your rightful place in my heart to be my savior and Lord. I now ask Holy Spirit to live inside of me freely so that you may have my life fully. I pray for guidance as I listen to your voice. Let me return to what is most important, you. Help my attitude to change so that instead of focusing on others and events to meet my needs, I can turn to you and find love, purpose, and direction that I seek. Help me to seek you first. Let my relationship with you be the most important thing in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me, loving me, and showing me the way. Thank you for new mercies, for forgiving me. I rededicate myself to you wholly. I surrender my will to your will, and I give you back control of my life. You are the only one who gives freely, which love to to anyone who asks. With love to anyone who asks, to sim- the simplicity of it all simply astonishes me. I will never stop reminding you of the victory you've given me all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.